Okay, hi, I'm the captain. Uh, in this episode, or episodes, we're going to be talking about our personal stories about mental health. So, um, that's kind of a warning out there. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, heavy things. So, you know, this listener discretion is advised, I guess, on this. So, you know, thank you for listening to us on the previous episodes, uh, you know, where we talked about it more conversationally. We will now talk about our own personal stories, and uh, I will bring this over to Chief Hiccup. He will be telling us his story first. Cool. So when we were first talking about mental health, a lot of things came to mind, and uh, we decided to do this as a story-based podcast first, and then more of a conversational later, just because... It is such a huge topic, so we wanted you guys to understand a little bit of where our background was, but also to see where our heart and our minds are when it comes to such a sensitive topic. So for me personally, um, one of the first major interactions that I had with mental health as, as a topic that was very real to my world, um, I was 13 years old. And one of my friends and I, we were talking over Facebook chat and all of a sudden she ended up sending me this message that said that her life felt like it wasn't worth it anymore. And that kind of raised a red flag to begin with because I was like, hmm, that, that doesn't sound like a normal thing that people say. So we started talking a little bit more in depth and eventually it got to the point where it's, it's like, you know, 1130 midnight or so and she says, okay, if I'm honest, I just wanted to talk to you tonight because I wanted to talk to you one last time before I kill myself. Oh. And that that was a moment that I was very unprepared for. Like, 13 years old, I'm talking with a good friend over Facebook chat. Like, it's not exactly, it's not even a phone call, you know? We're just typing back and forth. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, she's talking about how this was... The last time that we would be speaking um so i ended up talking directly with her for another two or three hours um and on a positive note you know at the end of it she did she did not do anything but she did end up telling me like the whole plan of what she was planning on doing that day and how she was planning on doing it and it really rattled me because i'm sitting there at 13 years old um basically wondering what am I supposed to do? How, how am I supposed to assume that anyone is okay if this is the sort of conversation, this lighthearted, full of life conversation could be the same thing in my mind as any other conversation, but in her mind, it was the last time that she would be talking with her friend. And I, I was kind of blown away. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know even what to really look into. Um, I made sure to follow up with her a couple days in a row just to make sure that she was in a slightly better place. And we got her some much more qualified help than a random 13-year-old kid. And so she, she ended up being okay. And uh, we've interacted from time to time since then, uh, just kind of fell out of contact eventually. But it, it really it really woke me up to what mental health is is really struggling with, I guess, right now, because there's a lot of people that still feel like mental health problems don't deserve to be talked about. And then you get conversations where people are, are literally talking to their friends with the full intention of saying, this is the last conversation that we will have. 
it's been fun, goodbye. Like, why that's that's even... Why, why that's even something that is okay or accepted in people's mind is, is hard. Mm-hmm. And it's a gritty topic to talk about. Um, I, to be honest, I still don't really know how to approach that question. But ever since then, it's been a process of you don't know how learning to- how to be there for somebody. And So, go ahead. You said you don't know how to approach what? It, it was breaking out on my end. The approach, the question of how do you how do you deal with that? Oh, you know, how do you deal with somebody acting totally normal and then being totally willing to kill themselves? And you know, I I think you know something that we've said in the podcast multiple times, like being honest is more important. And it doesn't really matter how you feel about something or how you you think someone will take it. Like you you got to be real about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talked a little bit about that with addiction. Um, but this is just a whole new category. And I've had friends that are bipolar. I've had friends that um, have schizophrenia. I've had uh, a couple different friends that have had like main, major anxiety or major depression. And so every element, every one of those characteristics, you know, there are people out there that say that they don't happen or they don't exist or they're not real or whatever and i can tell you from experience like you know one of my one of my best friends in college had major bipolar and it was remarkable from literally like morning class period from start to end she could be two totally different people just because of how fast the chemicals in the brain reacted and changed how she felt about the day and she knew it and she knew that she had that condition and it was still something that she had to struggle with all the time. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that you, the more you know, the more empowered you're going to be. And that's true about a lot of, sop- a lot of topics, but more or less, uh, if, you are, if you're willing to be there and you're willing to listen and willing to see who they actually are, not just the condition, but also accepting the fact that there is a condition, then I think you're going to do yourself a lot more favors than trying to be the psychologist and figure things out and make things right. Because a lot of these people just need someone by their side, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a lot of where my men- mental health stuff comes from. I do have, um, I, I joke around with a lot of my friends saying that I don't ever want to go to a psychologist because I don't want him to tell me how many things are wrong with me. <laughs> Because there are just too many things in my mind that I'm like, hmm, nope, that that sounds like depression. That sounds like, you know, mood disorder of this or that. And I don't know, maybe maybe I have some, maybe I don't. Whatever the case, though, uh, it's something where I have definitely needed to take time and talk to friends or take time and talk to mentors um, about mental battles that I've had, a lot of which have to do with value. So anybody out there that has ever struggled with, oh, I'm not valuable or, oh, I, I'm not worth it or it's all a lie. Like you are worth it. You definitely are. And I've said that too many times on this podcast already because I don't know who we're talking to and I want people to know that. But the reason that I'm so stuck on that idea is because I deal with it every day. Mm-hmm. It's something that's very real um, questioning, you know, oh, 
I forgot to go get eggs when I was at the grocery store. Obviously, I'm not worth two pennies. It's like, wait, that's not logical at all. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But that's how the brain works sometimes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess for me, a lot of my experience comes from loving other people and caring about them enough to walk through their problems with them. But at the same time, like, I can relate on a fairly, fairly regular basis on um, challenges of self-worth and challenges of where my own destructive tendencies are. I, I have weaknesses, you know, and I don't like admitting it. And it's hard to tell other people that I need somebody else every once in a while to tell me that I have value or to remind me that uh, mistakes don't define me. So, right. yeah, mental health is a, a big topic, but it's it's got a lot of personal touch for all of the friendships that I've made, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys want to do any questions of things, or do we want to just kind of hop over to the next I, story I and then go from there? Yeah. I kind of in, f- oh. felt like uh, we well, we should go to the next door. Yeah, I just yeah. wasn't okay. sure. Definitely. No problem. So my... But thank yeah. you. Thank you for your story, by the yeah, way. Yeah, totally. was Thanks really for, good. And for clarifying how we're transitioning here. So my yeah. experience with mental health personally and feeling like helping or being around family or friends uh, spans across years and years of my life, which I'm, I know it does for a lot of people. Um, so I'm just going to focus in on one major area. When I, at a former job that I had, I had a friend that was also a coworker um, who took his own life at work. And that was my, not that I had, um, not that I hadn't experienced hard things before in my life, but that was the first time where it really hit me that, oh my gosh, look, people actually really struggle with this. And it, it was just this, I don't know, like this realization of how fast things can happen. Because um, we knew that he was struggling and tried to help and reach out. And um, one of the hardest parts from that too is I, I have a weird type of intuition, I guess you could call it, and I, I, I know sometimes maybe it's just coincidence, but I remember thinking, so the morning we couldn't get a hold of him and he wasn't coming to work, my boss was on the phone trying to get a hold of him, and I just remember staring into my boss's office waiting to ask him something else and thinking, well, what if he kills himself? And that will never leave me because I'm like, why, why would I think that? Was it just because... I knew he was struggling with depression, or was that something like that I knew had already happened? I'm not, I don't even know, but um, so that, I had already struggled with my own depression and anxiety at that time. That was right after college, uh, when that happened where, where I was working, and that event triggered more stuff in me that I didn't even know was possible. Um, I developed PTSD type symptoms and in a, in a weird way but the more, then later on in life I did research into that because looking back I thought it was just strange I'm like man I just have a weird way of 
reacting to a friend's death, but um, I guess so, for example, I was suddenly afraid of the dark all the time. I, my room was in the basement at my parents' house where I was living at the time, and I was afraid to walk from the stairs to my room without a light, and I was afraid to sleep with the light on, and I would hear, like, just different things that would make me think that I was there or sudden sounds would send me into like this shock or a jolt feeling um which at the time I didn't really realize was connected to processing his death and all of that but now looking back on it I was like I realized that that was a form of PTSD and struggling with all the well we could have done more I could have done more I could have said this I could have reached out like the day before we left work like I don't think I said bye like all these things go through your mind um and so ever since that and working through that um well it took a long time to get there working through that for sure because it affected future relationships um that I had because I was carrying this with me and I hadn't really dealt with it and then it affected how I responded to other people not responding to me so you know like if someone if you're texting someone and they don't respond back well I suddenly like was panicking all the time if I didn't hear back from people and so try to not ramble on and on about this here I guess experiencing that made it more real for me from an outsider's perspective on mental health that wasn't just my own mental health, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. I guess we, I didn't realize at the time how much my own mental health could affect other people until that happened. And it made me go, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I, this is something that if you're struggling with something within yourself, as hard as it is, we've got to keep going and trying to figure out how to help each other, how to help ourselves figure out what we need to do. And not saying that people aren't trying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that that moment was really defining for me. And yeah, so sorry, my thoughts kind of seem felt kind of scattered there, but I'm trying not to just ramble on and on and on about all kinds of things. So that is a nutshell of my first major experience with suicide and depression. Mm. Wow. It's intense. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, thank you yeah. for that story, a warden. Uh, I guess it's my turn. So um, I struggled with a really long time trying to decide how to tell this story and <clears throat> because it's it's a really complicated issue this story is from my own life so two years ago um, I uh, my cousin he was 18 and he uh, he quite suddenly and quite unexpectedly passed away when he was 18 and this was two years ago and it was from an underlying medical issue that none of us, no one really knew coming until it was too late. And uh, he had been like a little brother to me because um, I remember like when he was a little and he and his mom were still little, 
uh, they live with uh, me and my brother and my family. So in, in a way, it was kind of like losing a little brother. And, you know, it was very sudden and quite unexpected. And and then I couldn't get to the funeral because there was a mechanical failure. I was going to fly home. Uh, there was a mechanical fla- failure on the flight. And, um, you know, they said by the time they said we will be able to get you during here this time, I said, it's, that's too late. So I was I was sad about that, and I was um, I was sad I was you know sad I was wasn't able to see my family, but you know part of me was also guilty because you know in a way I was relieved because there was no way I was gonna be I I could not stand the idea of seeing him in a box. Mm-hmm. So so yeah so I that weekend I went right back to work because that's how, that's how I dealt with disappointment and sadness all through my life. Uh, just go back to work and uh, just try to get back to normalcy. And the whole time in the back of my head, part of me, part of me was going, this, this is gonna come back to bite you. But uh, I, I just said, no, we're just gonna bury that like we bury everything else. And I can't tell you when it started, but where I work, I am able to work for long periods of time by myself. And I'm able to get lost in my own head. And with the, with the way I am, and it's a bad habit, but with, with the way I am, um, I don't go to people for help. I try to solve it myself. And, you know, a while after his death, it was just like I would go to work and I would just keep to myself. And I'm like, it's okay, you're sad this will pass. And, you know, being sad, you know, that stretched on for about a week, months. And I, I couldn't tell you when it started, but um, that sadness le- never left. And somehow it kind of, it turned into something ugly because I was starting to turn that sadness I was internalizing it. So I was disappointed with everything about myself. And, you know, I never had great self-esteem to begin with. Well, I had, (laughs) I had none. I was disappointed in myself and everything about me. And this, I, I want you guys to understand, this didn't happen overnight. So about a year after he passed away, I, I was having a bad day. And I kind of, I kind of woke up, if metaphorically speaking, I woke up from work and I looked at the clock and I remember the time it was, I think it was 3.30. And I said, it's 3.30. I've been here since 8.30, 7.30. And I've spent all that time planning in detail how to cut myself and not have anyone notice. And how do I cut myself and come into work the next day without anyone noticing and me still being able to do my job? And uh, what was ever, whatever was left of my sanity uh, said, this is messed up. You know, you spent that many hours planning this. Uh, your survival instinct is not working. You need to go to a doctor. You're like, you're not putting this off. And uh, that night, 
I was terrified, but that night I went and I called a therapist. And um, that started a month-long journey. Um, turns out, uh, talking with the therapist, turns out I was, you know, I'm over 30 years old. Not much over, but I'm over 30 years old. And the therapist pretty much, she didn't say this, but basically what it came down to is all your life, you never learned how to... Um, how to deal with sadness mm -hmm. or disappointment. Interesting. So, yeah, so it, it, it wasn't, you know, my cousin's death was the straw that broke the camel's back, but there were all these other skeletons in my mental closet, you know, mm -hmm. and that was just building weight. Um, so I did that for a month, and when the month was over, I just kind of said, because we decided I didn't need medication. Uh, I had a lot to go through, but I kind of felt like she had given me the tools to deal with it. So, you know, just so that it doesn't sound too depressing, um, that was a year ago when I had my last therapy session. Um, I still have bad days. They're not, they're not as frequent as they were a year ago. Well, <laughs> two years ago, it was every day. So, and that's not the case any, anymore. Uh, I still have bad days every now and then, but they're not as intense. I don't think about cutting. I don't think about hurting myself anymore. Um, I did. I did learn good habits. You know, talk to people more, uh, not to listen to the lies that I tell myself. But I think uh, the two biggest things I learned was just just being able to go like when that when that demon shows itself, just being able to go. I see you. I know what you're doing, and I know what to do about you now. Yeah. And um, also, you know, it, Warden and Hiccup said this before, but like, if you're struggling with something, it's awful because you got you got what you got what you're going through, and it's kind of like putting one more weight on you. But you need to go, and you need to take that first step to get help because. Like, I, I, my friends at work and people around me, they all knew, or they didn't. Some of them didn't realize, you know? It was just, oh, there's the cap. He's, he's quiet, but he's, you know, he's just doing what he's doing. And a lot of people didn't realize just how dark it had gotten. And the reality is, I didn't realize how dark I had gotten until, until I realized, holy crap, this is, this is messed up. So it's it kind of on you to go and get help, mm -hmm. but please take that first step right. and go get help. It's, yeah. So, yeah, that's my story. Hmm. Well, Farhad, sounds like you're up, man. Yep, and it's uh, me. I didn't really think about what I was going to talk about before then, before this. I, I know we talked last week, and I've kind of regretted thinking about all of this, but I know I, I know I need to talk about it. Um, so I'm just going to wing it here. Um, I, I deal with depression myself. Um, I've always kind of... I've I never really known about it, until probably f a few years ago, but now that I think about it, I've kind of always dealt with it, even as a child. 
Um, just thinking back to like being five or six years old and just being all happy and then just immediately being really, really sad for no apparent reason and just wanting to cry and not wanting anything to do with anybody. Um, but a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, it, it got really bad. Um, got to the point where I tried to kill myself. And I don't know if I've told you three even. I, I think I've told Hiccup, but multiple times I tried to end my life because I didn't think my life was good enough to live. And my parents don't even know that. I haven't even told them. And I know they listen to this podcast, so they're going to hear this when this episode comes out. But uh, every time it happened... I would, I would try to do something and it would fail and then I would just not do anything about it for a while and I would, I'd have some good days and I just wouldn't think about it and then it would come up again and people started to notice that I was different, just quiet sometimes and, and then I was, fo- I was forced to tell people that I was dealing with this and and of course everybody always says we well, need to get help and me being stubborn so it's yeah. like nah yeah. I can deal I can no, deal okay. with this on my own and it took me until I mean I'm 21 right now it took me until a few months ago to even get help I always thought that I could just do this on my own but, I mean, there was a time where I tried to crash my car into a phone pole going about 60 mile an hour with no seatbelt on. Hoping that I would go through the windshield and my life would end right there. And now that I think about, like, now, right now, now that I think about that, it's, I don't know why I thought that. I just... I don't know. Um, it, it took me having a really big anxiety attack because I, I also deal with anxiety. It's not as bad as my depression, but it, it's there. And I had a really bad anxiety attack at work one day. And I decided, you know, I need to go see a doctor about this. So I went and saw the doctor. And they told me that I do have a little bit of anxiety, but I deal mostly with depression. And that it could be fixed with medication. And I, I never thought that I'd have to be on a medication for that. And I never thought that my brain... I can't... I don't know if it's dopamine or something. Some kind of chemical balance in my brain was off. And it needed the help. I always thought, well, I'm just sad for no reason. It'll pass. And I can just go on with my life and then take the next time as I need to as I need to take it. But when I was sitting in that doctor's office, I started to think about all the times that I tried to kill myself. And you know, I thought my parents don't need to go through this. Nobody needs to go through this. Me not being there anymore. My life is important to somebody. That's right. Even if it's 
even if it's just my parents, it's somebody. And yeah. I realized then that doctor's office said, and when they told me I need medication, I said, you know, I think you're right, and I definitely want to try this. And, you know, after a while, medication was helping. It started to get a little worse, but then I went back. They tweaked the medication a little bit, and I've been on it for a few months now, and I feel like I'm getting better. But th there's still some bad days. There's still days where I, I think about doing things, but I never act on them like I, did, like I used to. Um, but I, as uh, the captain was talking about earlier, that he was contemplating cutting himself and doing it in such a way that nobody would notice. Um, I actually did cut my, my wrist for a while there. And there would be times where I'd be at work and those thoughts would hit me and I would go to the bathroom and I would slip my wrists. I don't think anybody here knows that. People, the, the three of us here. I would just do it because, you know, that's what'll help. And I feel like I'm rambling, but I'll, I'm going to come to a close here in a minute. No, no, no. You're no, fine. You're not rambling. Um, I can't believe I'm going to share this, but pretty recently, my grandmother passed. Um, she had been dealing with a disease for... Oh, 27 years. And about a month ago, it finally took her life. And I contemplated I contemplated going seeing her in her final day, in the final hours. I, I got a call while I was at work. I had been there for about an hour, maybe two hours, and got the call that, hey, she's going to be gone today. And, you know, I thought in my brain, I said, do I really want to go see that? Part of me is glad that I did, and part of me wishes I didn't. Um, because after seeing that, I did some really heavy drinking. Um, for a while. For about a week, up until the funeral. Um, and then, after the funeral, after seeing her in that box knowing I would never see her again. I had these bad thoughts in my head. And then I did some more heavy drinking and I just got completely wasted. And I thought about taking my keys and going and driving my car. That night. I've never told anyone that. But, you know, when you feel these things, like depression or anxiety or anything, any kind of mental health issue, without a doubt, go see a doctor, mm. a therapist, anything. Talk to a friend even and, and see if the friend can help you get set up with something like that. Reach out to someone. Because if you don't, you could kill yourself and hurt more people. I don't want to make that sound like guilt tripping, but 
like I said earlier, there's somebody out there that wants you alive. Even if you don't. And I just gotta say, I'm proud of you for saying that. Because I know how long it took you to, to, to hear you say that now. I know it's a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no, I just want to say, like, like, because I know, I, I don't know. I don't want to pretend I know, but, like, I know some days you're having bad days at work, you know, and I don't know what to say, but I'm glad that you're taking the steps to get better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we all appreciate you at work, you know. Even if we're not all there, we still do. <laughs> and outside of work. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and outside. Yeah, only at work. <laughs> we still work together, but we don't work together. I mean, <laughs> this is kind of working okay, together. Yeah, now, you're right. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Once we once well, we work together, we always sure. work together. Once what? Once we work together, we always work together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Except some people. Okay, listen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> On a light note, after all these depressing yeah. stories. What? <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, after intense stories, and we're back. some of the. Yeah. Some of the best stuff to heal the soul. Yeah. But, uh, no, really, like, get help, like, if you're struggling. Because, like, that was that was one of the things that was holding me back, too, what, what uh, Big Forehead said. Like, part of the reason, part of the reason I didn't do anything to myself with them, like, if people knew how bad would that hurt them? You know, your your family just lost somebody. What happens if they lose you? Right. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah, and I'd, I'd back you up 100%. Like I mentioned earlier, I never want to go to a psychiatrist because I'd be afraid of what they tell me. And I say that jokingly, but there's definitely a part of it that's been legitimate. Like, I I've always wondered what people would think of, you know, me getting an actual diagnosis. And so... For anybody who's out there, go do it. Just just go do it. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have spent hours and hours and hours, and at the end of it all, they basically say the same thing that the psychiatrist would have come up with at, like, 10 minutes of a session. Uh, it, it's just, it's so much more valuable to get that professional opinion and, and even just professional help. Like, that's all that it is. It's somebody who knows what's going on and how to help the mind as best as one possibly can. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to make that step. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask if we had any more stories to add to. Uh, oh, well, yeah, but not tonight because that would take <laughs> yeah. a long time. That's I, a, that, yeah, for another time. I, I think the warden wants to add in the numbers somehow. Are we to that point? Just in case. Uh, right before that, I just wanted to say, like, our whole purpose behind all of this, you know, we were talking beforehand and trying to figure out how best to approach this subject. And the reason that we decided to go with stories first is because this whole podcast is built off of us being real and us actually talking about things that maybe might not be talked talked about or just for fun, you know, things that we want to talk about and have a discussion uh, with each other for and maybe with other listeners. But 
I mean, we we've got episodes like the Puppy Apocalypse. Like those are those are a blast. They're a lot of fun to just mess around with and talk about what dog breeds we are. But when it comes right down to it, like what we're trying to do is create a space that it's we're, we're available to have an open discussion. And that's probably the biggest point with mental health. Like you got to have an open discussion. You have to be real about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So as we approach this subject from this point forward, uh, I don't know how many times we'll come back to this topic or what different directions we'll go, but I do know that we're planning an episode somewhat soon on discussing mental health a little bit more. And so we just wanted you guys to realize like this is this is something that all of us have faced in very different forms all across the board. Uh, this is not something that we're a bunch of naive millennials walking into it saying, oh, we're experts on everything. We're certainly not experts on everything, but we've experienced things and this is life and this is life for a lot of people out there. So if this is a regular thing for you, you know, like we're trying to be as open and honest about it as possible. So uh, feel free to get in touch with us and tell us your stories or also like just listen in and hear what we have to say over the over the course of this podcast like we'll continue trying to keep that open discussion and and try to make an experience where we can come to more knowledge and more strength inside of mental health because it, it really is a complicated topic and it really is something that a lot of people don't know how to discuss so we would love to have that open discussion with those who want it so Feel free to join us as we continue to tell our story. That's basically what we're doing, telling stories about what we've learned, how we've learned it, and how it can help other people. Mm -hmm. so, that's all that I wanted to add. Uh, Warden, it's all yours. Take okay. it away. Okay. Um, so to wrap it up, I'm just going to read a few resources. There's a lot out there, um, but we won't go into all those. And we will have these linked. So you can find them easier in the description when this is released. So the first one is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And they also have an online chat. Um, the next one is a text depression hotline where you can text the word CONNECT741741. That one is only in the U.S. So. <laughs> For some reason, we've got somebody listening from, I don't, sorry, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just laughing because I know we don't have a lot of listeners. And I'm like, if we have somebody outside the U.S., that's amazing. We're glad to have you. Anyway, <laughs> so if you're outside the U.S., you cannot text for that one. Warden is already sorry, concerned about us being international, I, so. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> I did not mean to make this. Not, anyway, I'm just digging myself a deeper hole. And We're then good. finally. Um, this is a personal favorite resource of mine, um, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is a pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist. That's a big word, guys. Um, her resource or her website is drleaf.com, and she has a lot of good podcasts and books out about mental health in general. Um, this is not a paid sponsorship from her. I just like her, so so check her out as well. Um, so. <laughs> That is all. Uh, if you like this and want to hear more, go subscribe to help us survive.